listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and today we're talking about trauma in marriage. I am so grateful I have one of my colleagues and favorite people in the world, Glenda Reagan, with me. She is a dear friend in Enneagram 2, newly officiated Enneagram 2, I should say, and she is going to talk to us all about how she incorporates trauma work into marriage care. So if you're listening and you want to get married or you're in a relationship or you're married, I think this episode is going to be very helpful. I hope it's a bit healing for you too, because Glenda is actually going to share some strategies for us directly about how we can use our gifts in our marriages to blend. And I'm going to teach her a little bit about her Enneagram. 2-5 Glow. What is also very beautiful is that Glenda is willing to be vulnerable with us first before we get into trauma with others and share a bit of her little T trauma with us. She recently dealt with something small but significant. So we are going to talk with you about real life. We're going to talk about tips for you and I can't wait. Before we get to that, I want to let you know that I am grieving with the Asian American and Pacific Islander community over their trauma and recent racism that we've experienced in America. Again, I'm so sorry and sad for this. And I hope everyone is just in the space of realizing how much we all need to be loving and compassionate. So please make sure that you support your friends in this community. And I really hope that you continue to teach the next generation in whatever ways you can about how to treat others with dignity and respect. I know you will. I am so glad to have this community. And with that in mind, I am so excited to be teaching this community with the Enneagram and Marriage certification course that's coming up this May. So it was born out of me running out of absolutely every possible room for new clients and really wanting to share with my staff and open that up to others in the world as well if you want to learn Enneagram and Marriage tools. So I'm going to be sharing from my repertoire of working with couples for almost two decades. I'll be sharing as much as I can over our extensive 12 weeks together And if you have to start late or you can't do it at the same time as I'm teaching it, which even I don't think my staff will be taking it at the same time as I'm teaching it, then it's recorded too. So I'm excited for you if you're trying to really gain help with working with couples or individuals on their Enneagram relationship issues. I definitely think you should check it out at enneagramandmarriage.com. And I want you to know it's at the early bird special right now. And I have the code helper for 10% off. So if you already got it and you missed that, go ahead and let me know and we'll make sure to get you the 10% discount because that's important. This is a great audience. This is a great group. I love this community. And the need came out of this community because then I got extra full and I really wouldn't be able to do it without this community. But it's gonna be a detailed time together of learning and growing. And I'm making a big commitment to it because I'm hoping that Um, that we'll have a referral source born out of it of people that are using really good Enneagram and marriage techniques because there's a lot of people using the Enneagram. It's kind of above all of us anyway. We're all still learning, but I commit myself to growing in it each week and I've committed myself to clinical training as well. And I've got lots and lots of experience with it now racked up with all the clients over the years. So you also get our entire Glow library and my R&R relationship repair workbooks 
There are so many great bonuses right now because this is the foundations class. So I'm excited to be growing with you. And like I said, just teaching you about so many aspects of the Enneagram that you really don't get when you're just looking at memes or hearing a quick podcast, but digging deeper and and really understanding that working with Enneagram and couples is its own animal. So I'm super excited to share that animal with anyone else who's passionate about working with couples. So don't forget the code helper. Don't forget to visit enneagramandmarriage.com if you want to see the course outline. And I'm excited. So we'll look at that soon together. And now we get to talk with Glenda about trauma. And this is an important conversation. So thank you, thank you, thank you for working on your trauma and the trauma of those you love, because I know that the time we spend on things like this is just so valuable. Hi, Glenda. I'm so happy to have you. Hey, Krista, it is awesome to close out the work week with you. I can't think of a better way to end the work week. I love it. Me too, guys. We are recording on a Friday or as we say here, Friday. Oh yeah, I love that. (laughs) I think Fridays are like, I don't know why, there's just something about Friday afternoon and Friday evenings are just so fun, I think. I don't know. I know. Yep. It's the world of possibilities ahead for who knows what. That's right. Right. I love it. Everybody listening is possibly listening on a Monday. So I'm just glad I get to have time with a friend and all of the E and Emmers. We know our Enneagram audience has been waiting for this special episode with you, Glenda. So can you tell us just a tiny bit about yourself and your marriage with Chris? Yeah. So my name is Glenda Reagan and I am a counselor. I do some work with reflections and absolutely love what I do and love getting to work with people and just watch people grow and change. And I always say that it is never lost on me, but it's such, it's always such an honor as a counselor to get to journey with people, you know, no matter what they're dealing with, just in their marriages or in trauma, just, it's always such an honor to journey with them and um, just love getting a chance to do that. So uh, Mm -hmm. I have been married to my husband, Chris, for eight years. This is our eighth year. And yeah, we got married in 2012 in Nashville, Tennessee. So, uh, and then we moved here to Florida for his job. So we are loving, uh, living the beach life here and all that fun stuff. And so, yeah. Uh, yes. I love seeing all your guys's beach pictures. They hit the beach so well, you guys do it up <laughs> right. Well, yeah. And we say we don't do it near enough. So that's, that's going to change this year. We always say um, we want to do more of that. So. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad she yeah. has a gorgeous patio and she just makes outdoor living really obvious. Whereas <laughs> I sit in my office in like very dark curtains <laughs> closed. <laughs> I'm like, so every time I'm with Glenda, I feel the brightening spirit of a two. And so can you tell us uh, a little bit about your personality too and your hubby? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So I am late to the Enneagram game. Uh, So I am just now learning. Krista is a terrific coach and teacher on this. And so I'm loving this and I'm loving the possibilities of this, but we are late to the game. But I have already (laughs) seen some just pretty cool stuff with it. And even in my work, as I work with couples and I'm starting in my head to think about, ooh, personalities they are and all of that. So so I think it's going to be really cool as I get to learn more about this, how it will really help in my work with couples. Mm. So I am a two. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And my husband is a five. And Krista, I think you had us pegged. Um, when I talked to you before we took the test, I think you had us pegged. So you are good. Um, I've had this tracking device on you guys for years. It's I been knew it. Several knew years it. of this. I've been talking to her about this for about four years, but now we're getting ready to do our Enneagram and Marriage course. Yes. So she's excited because she's going to become a guru. I cannot wait to learn. I'm just so excited to learn. And I, I have to share with everybody listening. And I, I kind of told you this last week, Krista, but so my husband and I took this, the Enneagram test a couple of weeks ago, and we were actually in an automobile accident this mm-hmm. past weekend. So mm-hmm. we are okay. Nobody was hurt. Every, everybody's good. So that was a blessing. Yeah. But anyway, it was really interesting because we had taken the test. I don't know. I I think it was what, two days before Mm -hmm. that automobile accident. Mm -hmm. And, um, we'd even been, I think kind of emailing you back and forth just, just a tad, but, but Chris and I both took the test and kind of were reading and learning about our, our own types and each other's types. And so Mm -hmm. it was kind of interesting after the car accident actually got home that afternoon and we started kind of processing the accident. And I noticed the first thing I noticed is that I was being very emotional, which that this gave this Enneagram gave me such a greater understanding of myself. And I knew that I, I was a very emotional person. I always am. I, I experience things emotionally and emotions are big for me and, and sometimes can be really intense. And so, and for Chris, being a five and having that analytical, logical brain, mm-hmm. um, it really helped me to understand better how he was processing the accident. And I think in times past, I would always get a little angry and mad at him because he wouldn't get into the emotions with me. So where I was very over emotional and he wasn't, it would really upset me and get me mad at him. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't figure out why won't you go there with me? Why? Well, now I get it. And so as we were processing this, I think it just helped us to both understand how we were processing this accident. And even my husband, which I got so tickled at, he even started using the verbiage. And he said, you know, he said, as a five, um, he said, I'm, you know, I'm really looking at what went wrong. What could I have done done differently? You know, how could I have avoided this person hitting us? And maybe I should have zigged left when I zigged right. right." And so Mm -hmm. it, And, you know, I was over there just crying and upset. And so it just, it helped us to understand how to comfort each other. It Mm -hmm. helped us to accept how each of us was processing this car accident. And it was just really cool. And talk about awesome timing is all I can say. I guess God knew that we were going to need this. So, um, so yeah, that's been huge just over the course of the last week as we've been processing this. It's just helped us to understand where each other is in this. So it's a very divided world of therapists too. Some do not like the Enneagram. It's been ranked quite low by the American Psychological Association over different seasons. Really? So it's getting more popular, but it's totally understandable that you were like, oh, that's something Krista does, but I don't know because you're not always now graduate programs are starting to train in it, but they weren't always. So it's it's very fun that you're embracing it and seeing how I think in relationships, it's particularly helpful. It is. I just, yeah, really, it just, it was amazing how much it helped me to understand where he was coming from. And then, like I said before, it just, it helped us to be able to comfort each other and talk through things. It just, it really, it was really cool. And I, I really enjoyed it. And I can see how this will help in my couple's work. Mm. And, and just, I think just even for us individually and personally, like I said, I always knew 
I was very emotional and that's how I saw the world. But just to, to kind of read up on that and to know, Hey, that's a thing. Like, first of all, I'm not the only one <laughs> and mm-hmm. there's a reason for it. And, and there's, you know, so it, it was cool just even in my own acceptance of things of who I am and how I process stuff in it. I think that allowed me to be a little more gentle with myself because sometimes I tend to say, oh, why are you letting this stress you out? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like yeah. how you guys and listeners, some of you have taken Catherine Favre's tri-type test. And even though I had been talking to Glenda for years saying, you know, she had gone with me through the various core motivations without really being interested. Thank you, Glenda. <laughs> because <laughs> pretty much every time we met, I was doing that whole thing like, hey, and I think you're a two, but what do you think amongst these types? And she'd say, I sound like a two. And we know it comes through interviewing and it's it comes through the core motivation, but she also wanted to take a test. So I did refer her to that tri-type test that I am linking in the show notes because it is quite good. And then she was able to say, is this true about me? And is this true about Chris? And I noticed that you had a six in your tri-type as well, a two, six, nine. Mm -hmm. And what was funny is we were kind of noticing that she, she has processed in her two space, but also her six space. So before the car accident, you and I were talking at your house and I was saying, I wouldn't be surprised if you have a six. So I hear that for you going through a lot of sixes when they have a car accident and things will say, I need help and support. So I think it's some Mm -hmm. of the self-preserving too, the six. And then beautifully for us to see with your hubby is you were able to not let him off the hook, but understand that that's his way of caring. Is that what you would say? Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Just instead of getting mad at him because he wasn't emotional, which made me think, okay, does he not care? He very Mm -hmm. much was caring. Mm -hmm. We were just approaching it differently. Mm -hmm. And it it did. It helped me to accept and understand, oh, he does care. He's over there trying to figure out how did this happen? What, you know, Mm -hmm. and then he started you know, knowledge, kind of wanting knowledge and stuff. So he just went into mode of, okay, I'm calling the insurance agency. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, getting, you know, we got to get the car fixed. We got to do this. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that helped me to understand that as well, that he just jumped on onto it. So. Oh, that's so cool. And he's, I think he's yeah. a five, nine, three. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So, yep. so he has that achiever as well, where he's like, let's get this show on the road. Yeah. <laughs> Literally in this case. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was wonderful because I got very paralyzed in it. And yeah. so one of us needed to start doing something. Mm-hmm. So I was very mm-hmm. thankful. So, yeah. So, mm-hmm. and I think I saw the gifts in that too. I mean, if we had both been paralyzed in it, that might've looked differently. So I also saw the gifts in our differences, which I think can be hard sometimes in marriages. I always laugh because you know how when we're dating somebody or newly married. Oh, I just love that you're so different in this. And then years later, sometimes that's what gets on our nerves. So I also love that this reminds us, at least in this situation for us, it reminded me of, I was so thankful that God put me with this pairing because while I was being a little bit paralyzed in it, he was getting stuff done, which then helped me to feel better. So it really, it was a really neat thing to watch. Hmm. I love that. And it was such a new way of looking at each other with compassion and through a different lens and exciting. And that pairing, I talk a lot about your pairing on this podcast, the two, five sparks fly, because 
there's this constant spark between you guys because of the differences versus burning out or being too charged up. Uh, So I like how when you guys work well together, there's always a flame going, but it's, it's balanced. So I think those are almost the archetypal balancing acts of the Enneagram. So it was fun for me to hear you guys are that couple. And I've always loved your marriage. I have. So, so I love that Glenda. And I, I'm so glad we got to process the car accident last week because I, I'm so sorry you went through that. Yes. Yes. Well, I appreciate it. And just talking to you that day on the phone. And for those of you, Chris is just one of my great friends and she really Mm. helped me, prayed with me. And, you know, as a two, I needed to really talk about it and process Mm. it. So um, that was really helpful. I think it was, it was traumatic. Mm. I have actually never been in a car accident. So it was a little bit, you know, traumatic for me. And so, Mm. so that was really helpful. It's always good to have a good friend to just talk things out with, but Certainly, I'm mm-hmm. um, just thankful for your guidance in this Enneagram, you know, the couple of days beforehand, I think, I don't know, mm-hmm. just like, gosh, God was working there, just preparing Chris mm-hmm. and I for that. So that was great. And it is so beautiful that right before our trauma episode, that the timing was right for you to kind of even work through some of the trauma you didn't even know you were going to have and to see how your marriage was able to be a healer. And so as we Absolutely. head into today's topic of trauma, That's just, wow, that's huge. So tell me about how you got into trauma work. Yeah. So when I went to grad school and um, when you do mental health counseling in graduate school, you have to do what they call a practicum and an internship, which is basically you're getting your feet wet. You're working with a supervisor. And so you're kind of going over cases, but you're, you are starting to see people, but you're, you're supervised in that. So sometimes the supervisor is sitting in sessions with you and sometimes you're doing it on your own and you process it later. Sometimes you're even uh, video recording your sessions, mm-hmm. but anyway, so, so one of the hardships in graduate school, and you probably remember this, Krista, is when you have to find that practicum. So you mm-hmm. are going to counseling agencies and you are just begging somebody, take me on, take me on. <laughs> yes. um, and I was really fortunate to meet up with a gentleman in Nashville, and his name is Michael Smith with New Hope Counseling. And it was wonderful. He brought me on to do my practicum there. And he actually specialized in trauma, in sexual addictions and sexual traumas. Mm. So I think by the very nature that I was working for him and with him, I literally just kind of fell into it. And I always say, I just cut my teeth on it, basically. That was the population that he served and helped. And so that's who I saw. Mm. And yeah, so, and honestly, I think that that was a great way to start because it was a little bit intimidating kind of hearing the word trauma and like, oh my goodness, I'm just out of graduate school or, you know, even during practicum still in graduate school. And here I am Mm. dealing with these pretty hard cases and intense cases. So, but I think it was really awesome because I learned so, so much just jumping in and doing it. And I had a wonderful teacher and him. And then I ended up once I graduated and finished with my practicum and internship, he hired me and we became partners in this. And um, I feel like we did some really good work, but that's really how, how I started. And it was reading every book I could get my hands on. But I think most of what I learned was literally sitting in these sessions, working with these amazing people who were processing their trauma with me. Oh, that's just so cool, Glenda. I'm so glad that you had that unique start and that it was a fit too. You would have known if that wasn't the right field for you, but how beautiful. And when you went into it and you saw people starting to get help, what was that like 
to just walk alongside people healing from trauma? Oh, it, it's just absolutely amazing. And I always say after each person that I work with, I always learn something new, but, but it's just, it's absolutely amazing. And I think the one thing that it's really shown me is the hope that, that, that everybody who has experienced trauma should have. And, and, mm. you know, I, I see people in their fifties and sixties, just starting to want to deal with that childhood trauma, which I think is amazing. I just, the strength and the braveness mm-hmm. and the, just how wonderful that is when they walk through my door and they say, I don't want to live like this anymore. And we process because trauma is hard work. It is not easy. So Um, It just, it's always such bravery when I see people walk through my door. And so it has been just an absolute, like I said before, just such an honor to get to walk these journeys. And these are intense, um, hard journeys to walk. And so Mm. I, I just love it, but I love the hope that comes with it because, because people can heal from trauma and that's just it with some hard work and some guidance, Mm. we can heal from it, which is beautiful. And it's such a, such just a wonderful thing that God gives us is, is the way to heal, you know, is just being able to heal. Mm. It helped you when you went through your trauma and you now Mm -hmm. of course are EMDR certified. And so you actually help people and then see this big trauma and little trauma results sometimes, right? Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We kind of look at at trauma in two ways and we kind of categorize it like a big T trauma, which is what you would typically think of when you think of PTSD. So you know, that might be like a serious injury, a sexual violence or some life-threatening experience, but could also be just the threat of those things. And then I think a thing we don't think about sometimes about big T is people who witness big T. So I always think about our first Mm -hmm. responders, you know, who are literally working in trauma every day. That's why a lot of times they have PTSD because they are literally witnessing these traumas and that causes them to have some PTSD. And then the little T's would be sort of how, what I was explaining about my trauma with this car accident, I would consider that a little T. It was very traumatizing for me, but those would be just more life, you know, non-life-threatening injuries, such as loss of a job, bullying, loss of a significant relationship, car accident, Mm. that type of things. Wow. What a helpful thing to know that that's trauma too. Sorry, go ahead. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. And I was just gonna say everybody, you know, experiences trauma different So something that might be traumatizing to me may not be to you. And so I think for me, the key is as a therapist, um, I always just really want to focus on um, how the the individual is, you know, impacted by the trauma and and what their story is and what their journey is by it. So because nobody, no two people are the same of how they experience it or perceive it. Wow. That's really good to know. And so you help people to process the way they experience it, whether it was little or big. And how do you feel like, since this is a relationship show, I've heard you talk Uh and I've shared it on the show before about how marriage can even heal trauma. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Cause that's so fascinating. And I heard little elements when you were talking about you and hubby. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think God really did design our marriage to be a place of healing um, from any extreme challenge. And and I think in some really good, healthy marriages, it's just a wonderful thing to go through whatever challenges life throws at us um, mm-hmm. with somebody. And so with therapy, I think the help of therapy really helps it. Marriage can really have a healing impact on trauma. So 
spouses can, you know, provide support and encouragement for that mm-hmm. trauma impacted spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, they can say things like, I'm here for you. I'm safe. And if we kind of go back to how trauma impacts, you know, people and how it can impact a marriage, you know, a lot of oftentimes, especially like if we're looking at a childhood trauma, a person has kind of learned that the very people that we would typically turn to for comfort have hurt us and are responsible for pain. So it affects our attachments and how we can form strong bonds in the future. So marriage can heal that by really helping us to see relationships in a different and a healthier way. So for the first time, they're experiencing a positive emotional and relationship experience. They're feeling safe and secure in a marriage. And so they're starting to form bonds and um, Mm. healthy attachments for the first time in their life. They're learning that being vulnerable is a strength and that I have support in that. Um, And they're being able to um, have an emotional engagement, engagement, which fosters trust, safety, and stability. So all of those things can really heal somebody who's been through a trauma. They begin to relate to their spouse with a new healthy life script and new core beliefs. And so I think our spouses can really be huge in that. Wow. That's beautiful. I love that, that we can actually marry and then find something that we didn't have as a child. And it doesn't mean you can't find it through other things, of course, but being a marriage podcast, I love that that's one of the places and it's a big place. It is. It's, it's really big. And I love it when people do bring their spouses into our counseling sessions when they're dealing with trauma, because it it helps give that spouse a real understanding of what that person went through and how they can help and, and what are the ways they can comfort that trauma impacted spouse. And so, yeah, I just, I think it's just really beautiful that you can learn health in a new relationship in your marriage. And, and I think that that's a really cool thing. Mm, I love that. And what do you think a few things that spouses can do in general? Yeah. So I think the biggest thing would be coming from a place of understanding and that is to really talk through, you know, how, how did this impact you? What are the things you fear? What are the things you're scared of? What are the things that I do maybe that even trigger, you know, some of these traumatic experiences and how can I help you? How can I best support you in this? Um, You know, and I I think that's one way I think giving somebody a safe place to talk. And sometimes I think that can look like just validating, you know, instead of, I think as spouses, oftentimes we want to fix, which, which is a really sweet thing. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, let me fix this. Let me give you advice and fix this. But I think instead, what would it look like if we said, wow, that must have been really hard for you. I can see where, you know, you really struggle with that. And so, and so really, I think it's, it comes down to a, a, a spouse really understanding and, and then giving them space to have the trauma, you know, whether it's in triggers or some emotional things, you know, how can, how can we help give them space to, to be them and, and accept who they are 
through this mm-hmm. instead of trying to, you know, got, don't go, don't get so emotional, you know, and, mm-hmm. and all those things. And even maybe in conflict, because I think that's where you often will see some of the impacts of trauma in marriages oftentimes in conflict with communication breakdowns or mm-hmm. emotional distance, you know, those types of things. So Mm, so you really help people to remember that their spouse has trauma and that they have triggers and that if they act in a certain way, it doesn't mean they don't love them. It's just that they have to find another route. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, I think, another place that, that the other spouse can come in and help, you know, where, you know, gosh, if I'm understanding my spouse's trigger, then I can sometimes help figure out ways to help with the trigger, you know, because sometimes it's things we do that trigger our spouse. You know, I, I like the visual I, I often use is, you know, when you're riding your bike as a little kid and you skin your knee and it heals, but then you get married and sometime your spouse kind of pats you on your, on that scar and it hurts. And that's, that's a good mm-hmm. visual, I think, for mm-hmm. what happens in marriages and trauma where, you know, oftentimes our spouses can be some of our biggest triggers So, Mm -hmm. and I think that's one of the hugest things to understand in trauma work. Mm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense that our spouses rub up against us in those areas of woundedness. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're, and they're not meaning to do it, but they, they just, by their very nature, you know, as being close, we, we tend to trigger each other sometimes. And so, and Mm. so it's good to, to have understanding of that, I think. That's good. And then for the spouse who's gone through the trauma, it's probably also helpful for them to find a way that isn't abusive to say it. Absolutely. Yeah. I think in trauma work, we want to talk about how do we talk to each other and let, let each other know that, Ooh, that hurts or that's a trigger. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we can definitely do that in a, in a healthy way Mm -hmm. where it doesn't cause more hurt. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important. Yes. And I love that you bring that healing to people. And, and even the EMDR is another level because sometimes you're doing the work, but it sounds like you guys have to repackage a little bit about what happened. So I was wondering, since I get this question a lot, what Mm -hmm. would you tell the lay person that EMDR is in case they want to find the local directory for that? Yeah, that is, that is absolutely a great question. So EMDR stands for eye movement, desensitization and reprocessing. So that's why we call it EMDR. It's a lot easier, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's basically, it's a psychotherapy that really enables people to heal from the symptoms of, you know, whatever emotional distress from whatever disturbing life experience. So kind of the way I like to explain it is that if we, if we think of how our mind can heal from a psychological trauma, very similarly that our body heals from like a a physical trauma. So if you've ever cut your hand, you know, with a knife or something in, in the kitchen and you notice that your body works to close that wound there really, there's not a lot we have to do. Our body just naturally will heal and close the wound. Mm -hmm. Now, if you continue to repeat an injury, if you continue to hit that, you know, cut or, or an object gets kind of stuck in it, Mm -hmm. then it's, it's going to fester and cause pain and it's going to not heal properly. Mm -hmm. And so that's a little bit how our mind works. And so when we experience a trauma, uh, we typically get stuck in something. So it's interesting when I talk to people, um, as we're doing trauma work, 
I'll, that's always one of my first questions. When you recall the trauma, what is that visual? And sure enough, everybody has a visual. If I were to go back to the trauma that I experienced with that car accident, and again, I, mm-hmm. I know that's a, a little T trauma, but that the minute that I can recall that it, it's that initial impact of the other girl's car hitting us. And then she kind of slid us over and it felt as if the car was never, ever going to stop moving. So that was, that's mm-hmm. kind of where my brain is stuck in that. Yeah. And so with EMDR, what we do is we try to remove that block. And so we kind of, we use a eye movement so similar to when you, when you sleep at night and you fall into an REM, a REM sleep, and your eyes are moving left and right to kind of process the day's events, we're kind of using a similar movement to process the trauma. And then we bring in whatever negative belief or the negative visual um, image, and then we bring in that body sensation that kind of goes with it. So that's the other key to trauma is that our body, not just our brain, but our body also experiences the trauma. And so that can be felt by, you know, tense muscles, a a rapid heart rate when you're being triggered, that type of thing. So we kind of work with all three and we connect the traumatic memory with kind of new information. So we take that distressing thought and emotion and we blend Mm -hmm. it with a more positive thought and emotion. So, Mm. you know, I was safe from the car wreck. I wasn't hurt. I got out of the car. I survived, you know, it's a week later I'm doing okay. So we, we kind of take new um, positive thoughts and emotions and kind of blend it with them. And we continue Mm. to reprocess the trauma using these new thoughts and emotions, if that kind of makes sense. Oh, that is such a beautiful way to describe this. And I'm definitely going to be sharing this on my Instagram as well, because it's so important that people realize there are ways to process trauma. And these are not threatening ways that you're describing. This is very safe. Yeah, not at all. And, and we um, do it in a couple of ways. You can, that bilateral um, stimulation we use um, either with our eyes where the therapist will kind of use their fingers that you follow left and right. The way Mm -hmm. I do it is I have a little um, vibrating thing that vibrating paddle that they hold that um, one in the left hand and one in the right, and it just kind of vibrates left and right. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, so nothing scary at all. Um, And you've got your therapist right there. And, and I always tell the people I'm working with, you know, if something becomes, you know, too intense for you, I have them raise their hand and we literally just stop. And that's okay. Sometimes we have to do that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Just like in the dentist chair, it's like there are always outlets and I need that so much in my life as a seven, because, you know, when you work with somebody in the fear triad, you have to think through as a clinician, how are we going to wrap this up before the end of the session? So it's safe for them to walk away. So I really appreciate hearing that you do that. And I know that about you. I know how safe you are. Thank you. Yeah, that's, that's important. Cause you're right. Yeah. I don't want to leave somebody intense and then say, Oh, time's up. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we can't help it when people doorknob us. Cause people do that. Sometimes they don't mean to, but they come in with a lot oh, yeah. and they only get to one or two things off their list and they may bring it up and they may have a fight that week, but we do mm-hmm. the best we can to be ethical. And I, I love that as an EMDR therapist, you guys are just bringing such safety to people. So where can our listeners, I mean, you're here in Florida, if somebody's from Florida, but that is not where most of my listeners reside. So can you tell us about how they can get connected with an EMDR therapist? 
Absolutely. So if you go to Emdria, which is E-M-D-R-I-A.org, and that's the national group for EMDR therapists, they have a little up in the, it's in the top right hand corner, they've got a little tab that says find an EMDR therapist. And you, mm-hmm. I believe you just type in your zip code and it'll pull up a list of EMDR therapists and You know, as an EMDR therapist, we've all gone through certifications and trainings and read lots of books. So that's a great place to find somebody who's had great training. Or you can also go to psychologytoday.com and Mm -hmm. um, type in your, find a therapist and type in your zip code there as well. And then you will come up with a list of therapists and, and each of them will say, you know, the kind of type of therapy they do. So, so those are two really great places to to find an EMDR therapist. Oh, that's great. And I love that actually at that website, to my knowledge, you can actually look over the world as well. So that's exciting. I think that people might take you up on it because you've just made it so much safer. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I know that it's, it's something that if you have never done it before, it, it might sound a little odd, um, but it, it really is a, it's a, it's a good therapy and, and I'm always happy to kind of ease people into it as well. So we can take our time. And I always, before I do it, I always like to show them the, you know, the little vibrating um, thing that they'll hold and we talk through it a little bit. So, Hmm. you know, it's not that we're going to rush and do it at all until somebody's comfortable. Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. I'm so happy that people got to hear about this and just to start trying to be a little more understanding with their spouses at home. A way you guys can do that is by trying to be that understanding person for your spouse's issues. First, one of the things that I really try to remind my clients of and here, of course, is try to show the behaviors that you want your spouse to follow versus listening to a podcast like this and then saying, I find, I found out what you're doing wrong, honey. (laughs) Yeah. That's never, that never goes well. Yeah. We all do it sometimes, but it never never goes well. And I'm so glad. And Glenda and I were even trying to have fun by talking about like naming our different wings and arrows with our Enneagram types to, to give ourselves some lightness with the heavy work we do. And we do have a lot of people crying with us each week. And we do have to then face our own, like Glenda said, the car accident, our own issues sometimes too. So even as I was introducing Glenda to Enneagram, I was like, don't forget to have some fun with naming your critic. If your one wing comes out and, you know, so have you had any chance to do any more of that Glenda? Well, I've definitely been very aware more of it. And so again, I think that's what I love about the Enneagram is being it's I don't know, it's, it allows me to be more self aware. And so because I can be very critical of myself. And so, mm-hmm. you know, just being able to quiet that a little bit and to understand where it's coming from, I think has been a huge help. So yeah, so I've definitely been working with that one a little bit, I think. And and that's been a really big help. Oh, I'm so glad I I kind of thought you were a two wing one. I know you have both. Mm -hmm. And I think some people do need to just start out with looking at both. We always want to be balanced anyway, but sometimes we lean really heavy. Like I'm a seven wing six, but I have started to kind of have some fun with labeling the different parts of me. And I was telling Glenda the other day that I was calling my negative seven side star the other day. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Yeah. And I was I was naming my, my critical self that came up with the name Amelia. So I've been kind of saying, settle down, Amelia, settle down, you know, <laughs> and just 
Oh, that is so like an adorable name for a baby. But um, my friend had a great aunt called Amelia and she was very strict. So I could see that working too. But I know there there are probably, yeah, Star and Amelia, like if you're listening, we love. um, Yeah. And and I I think that's what over this week, as I've been a little bit emotional since being in that car accident, I've been really working hard at being gentle with myself Mm. and not letting Amelia get a little, you know, too crazy Mm. because I don't need that right now. That's not helpful. And that's kind of something I like to say is just that's not helpful right now <laughs> you know mm-hmm. right because she's trying to help so it's like you see her you love her you need her sometimes and when Absolutely. you were a kid you probably really needed her but sometimes mm-hmm. you're like no it's not you that I need I need my gentle sweet two side right now yeah exactly and and I think that's another piece to this is is that you it helps you to remember the parts of yourself and and call those into play because that's what you know, is that's what I need right now is that gentle side. And that's what's going to be most helpful. And so Mm -hmm. I I just think this Enneagram just allows us to really understand ourselves so much better. Well, it goes really great with the trauma work as we're helping to have compassion on our spouses for the different things we've gone through. And I love that God brought that to you and Chris this week in your beautiful sparks fly dynamics. So Um, I'm so grateful that you came to share with us today, Glenda, you are such a joy and I'm so excited. You're going to be part of the training on Enneagram, but I also want to let you guys know that on week five of the training, Glenda is doing a trauma training. So it's so much fun because we really know that even if you're doing Enneagram coaching, she's not going to give an EMDR certification. She can't do that in a, in a training on Enneagram and marriage, but she's going to give us as she's learning about Enneagram, a special trauma training over zoom so that we can understand on dealing with clients on a deeper level, which we wouldn't want, have wanted to cover that today because we don't have all therapists and coaches listening. We have some, right. but we really look forward to to that special training for those who want to do a little of a deeper dive. And I, I'm really grateful because I love your deeper dive there on trauma. Yeah. And, and I really think that'll be helpful. And I, I think, you know, as I'm, I'm hearing both of us talk today, and I think when we're looking at marriage, I think probably if, if we would all come from a place of understanding, whether that's understanding our spouse, understanding ourselves better. I just, I think that that will help marriages just become safer and healthier in places of healing and growth. And so I love that word. We've used that word a lot. I've been noticing today is that understanding. And so Mm -hmm. I think the Enneagram fits right into that because Mm -hmm. it just helps us to understand better ourselves and our spouse. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. It's very useful and I'm grateful. And, and you're a big part of that with your trauma stuff. So thank you for helping all of us. And so many of my clients uh, locally that have been blessed by you when they've been in deep distress, I'm just so grateful. And I know everyone listening is grateful with me for you sharing your helper gift out there. So keep it up and keep getting refreshed. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And this has been so much fun and I hope we can do it again. Yes, me too. Okay. Take care. Wow. I was blown away by Glenda's vulnerability and her willingness to go to those depths to explain trauma work to us. It was so encouraging to know that even if you're not with a spouse who wants to be able to be that partner for you on healing with your trauma, that you can absolutely get EMDR or other trauma work with counselors locally. So I'm really happy to also remind you that even if you're shy to go in person for various reasons, we've all changed over this last year a lot. 
I want you to remember that you can do this within the privacy of your own homes. So don't forget to look in the show notes because we've linked the EMDR Association. And of course, if you want to take Glinda's trauma training, which is inside of my Enneagram and Marriage training at large that I talked about earlier, don't forget to visit EnneagramandMarriage.com for that so that you can become certified and have your Enneagram and Marriage certification badge on your website and be in our referral library. So I'm excited for that too. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you'll leave a review if you like this podcast. It is such a privilege to do it, but I so appreciate when you let me know how much you're enjoying it because I really want it to be helpful and efficient and effective for your living and your relationships. So that means the world to me to know when it is a fit. Okay, I will talk to you later. Have a great day, you guys.